these gentlemen prefer buds. <laughs> what? Prefer buds? Yeah. Oh. Not buddies. Instead of gentlemen prefer blondes, it's gentlemen prefer buds. The bud, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that still a, a name? Yeah, like me. Bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's still. <laughs> how how like, old do we sound? Is that uh, what they call it? Yeah. Hip on the streets. <laughs> Do people still say sticky icky? Did they ever say that? I know people who do. <laughs> well, they've certainly ramped up the stupid names for them with like all this stuff that they called it in this movie. Weed, bush, skunkamola, white widow super cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's hard to keep Matthew McConaughey like take him serious. Those were probably ad libbed by <laughs> he knows because he. <laughs> he knows all of the words yeah. for weed, I'm sure. He's like, I want to get some of this Encyclopedia Britannicus. <laughs> How about some of that Aboriginal Lincoln Town Car cheddar cheese monkey fingernail? Like, why? I feel like you're onto something with the monkey. <laughs> That's something he would say. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host, JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show. Lady Wan, say hi to everybody. Hello. And, of course, Screen Fix original. It is the man, the myth, the stash. It is the mystery mustachio. Say hi to everybody. Hello, gorgeous. (laughs) Hello, guy Richie. (laughs) Are these accents offensive? No. I mean, it's generalized, but... Uh. Yeah, I don't think... British accents are like Italian accents. They can't be offensive. <laughs> We've already established that it's not racist if it's Italian. <laughs> Star Wars established right. that, I feel like. Yeah. So this week, we are going to be fixing a crime caper, a gangsters doing bad stuff, double-crossing <laughs> film by... The guy who broke into the movie scene with films of this nature. He's the one who pretty much brought us Jason Statham, brought us Vinnie Jones. There's a lot of good things that he did with his career. I don't know if he's still doing good things with his career. But we're talking about Guy Ritchie. And the movie that we're going to be fixing this week is The Gentleman. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said, play a game with me, Raymond. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine a character. Your boss, Mickey Pearson. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. (laughs) Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand, is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch. And I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. (laughs) Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework and has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. That's the one of my firearms. How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. If you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're going to have to stamp that out quickly. These people are going to clean house, and you are part of that hell. In the jungle, the only way a lion survives 
not by acting like a king. By being the king. Oh. Brilliant. Oh, it's really warming up now, isn't it? There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Associates had an accident. So you killed someone? No, it was the gravity that killed him. Do we need those phones? Okay, the gentleman. The title of this movie, does it have anything to do with the movie? No. Was there anyone called the gentleman? Was there any gentleman in this movie? What, what? The poster didn't have anything to do with it. It was like a glass of like bourbon on the poster. I'm pretty sure they keep drinking beer this whole movie. Like, what? <laughs> I may have seen the wrong movie. I'm so confused. It should should have left it as Tough Guys because, I mean, that was was the original name. It's not worse. You're absolutely right. It should have been called Tough Guys, right? First fix. (laughs) We're already fixing. Count it. We're already already beating this thing up. (laughs) How do you go from Tough Guys to Gentlemen? It's the opposite. Yeah. Anyway, of course, directed by Guy Ritchie, who is the man who exploded onto the scene with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which is probably still his best movie, in my opinion. Uh, he then brought us Snatch, which brought us the wonderful character of Brad Pitt's uh, Pikey character. What was his name? Do you remember? Mickey. Mickey. Yep. Is it the same as this movie? Mickey. Yep. Mickey? <laughs> Everyone's name is Mickey in all these movies. Yeah. The uh, handsome uh, <laughs> character played by an American is named Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> those movies, I think... Very good. I feel like when I was in college, those were movies that everybody was like, oh, have you seen Lock, Stock, and Snatch? Like, it was right up there with like Boondock Saints, like those kind of like violent gangster movies that college kids love to pull out and be like, look at my underground crime movie. Look how cool we are. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they did bring us Statham. That was like Guy Ritchie bringing Jason Statham out of the woodwork, a former swimmer, and also bringing Vinnie Jones, former football player into the limelight as well and we can thank him for that england's jason statham he's in ninth position i mean there wouldn't be a timeline like with hobbs and shaw if it wasn't for that (laughs) no can we technically blame guy Ritchie for hobbs and shaw now is that possible (laughs) did we just yeah we we linked that (laughs) statham we love him thank you guy Ritchie. Let's just go ahead and forget the period of time he was married to Madonna and he did uh, Swept Away and one of her uh, music videos where she was running around beating up men. Let's just forget that period of his life. Uh, He did end up helming some large franchises. He did, of course, the Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, And he also helmed Aladdin. Mm -hmm. But here he is. He's returned. He's returned to the gangster genre that put him on the map. But as far as these movies go, do you like these gangsters being bad underworld movies? Guy Ritchie in general. What's your relationship there? With, uh, with Guy Ritchie. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you go first, Lady One. Go. Honestly, I don't really have much. I saw like his paycheck movies, the Sherlock Holmes and Aladdin. I saw the you know the ones that he uses to like pay for his houses and stuff. But I think he was already pretty rich. He's one of those like from good family, went to boarding school, got somebody to finance his first movie because he was connected kind of kids. You know, f- uh, filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> the white ones anyway. You know that lot. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I hadn't actually seen Snatch until the day I saw The Gentleman. Okay, so what was your feeling during Snatch? I had a great time watching it by myself. I was laughing. The acting, the pacing, the energy. Like, why were you enjoying it so much? I think, you know, it's what you said, like, the energy. Like, it just stays up and everyone's performances are kind of wild. It was exciting. You saw Snatch. You were pretty jazzed about it. Mustachio? How about you? Do gangster movies make your butt cheek twitch? <laughs> that's that's a bit of a loaded question. I I like his movies. I think the first one I ever saw was Snatch. So yeah, his his movies for me are a bit of a caper. Yes. What do you think? Of, what, what what kind of history do you have with the rich man and, uh, and his <laughs> movies? Like, what, what do you think about them? Does it make your your beehole tingle um, to see these, or to or does it bring back day, bygone? Like times in college? What, what do you? Let me tell you about me and G. Rich back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> when I say that Snatch was one of those movies that, like, in college, some d bag would pull out of his DVD collection and be like, "Look what <laughs> I've got! You guys gotta watch this violence and fun." That d bag was me. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I was going to. Yes. Yeah, I... <laughs> You know, first of all, just really, really quick, uh, give me your quick thought on the gentleman, Mustachio Guest Go. I liked it a lot more than I like thought. Like going into it, I didn't have like high expectations, knowing that like the snatch days were kind of over and that he's done a lot of crap in between. <laughs> uh, l- l- lady, one, what did just <laughs> just really quick? What did you think of Gentleman and what was going on in your theater? So I went into this movie with high expectations i figured he's done a paycheck movie he it was like one for you one for me now i'll make like the movie i want to make and he can like come back to like what he's good at and it's a cool cast and henry golding's gonna be in it and i like looking at his face you want to ride the dragon yeah (laughs) i would so i was very excited to see this movie and then I fell asleep in like the first five minutes, like just drifted briefly, just was sort of like, oh, nothing's <laughs> happening. Fell asleep, well, woke back up and was like, all right, that was just, that's me. That's on me. This movie is going to be good. And um, <laughs> no, I don't really know what happened in this movie other than Colin Farrell had like some cool glasses and whenever he would talk, I would listen, but I still don't know what he was saying. <laughs> right. It's- that's my review. All right. So <laughs> I was with a large group of people not paying attention and constantly grabbing my sleeve and asking me when this is going to be over. (laughs) There were three people sitting between us that were not watching the movie at all. (laughs) So I was also on board with that assessment. Uh, We'll get into Uh things that I might have liked. We all will. Anyway, but for right now, you know, it sounds like Mustachio's pretty high on it. Uh, You and me, Lady One, not so much. But audiences, why don't you give us the fresh hot stats? This movie opened January 24th to $11 million okay. in the U.S. It came in fourth its opening weekend behind Bad Boys for Life, 1917, and Doolittle, Ooh. all of which have been out for a minute. Yep. So it made another $22 million overseas, so it's grossed about $33 million, but the budget was somehow only 18 so I guess what? this did okay. I don't know how that's possible. Wow. Did he just like short everybody? Like, I don't know. Not pay like, them? Maybe he paid McConaughey in weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right, all right, all right. But you notice that it didn't have a lot of his like signature rapid cuts or like mm-hmm. slow motion shots. That's because that shit costs money and also like time. Yeah. I did like one tweet I saw someone online, I think it was David Rosen of Piecing Pod, said uh, that he was the only person in the theater that did not have gray hair. So I wonder what the demographic is going to be when that information comes out. But I wonder if this is a bunch of like older people were like, oh, McConaughey gangster. (laughs) If it is a bunch of old people, it'll probably make a lot more money like Monday morning. So right. It's 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 not (laughs) over yet. So we're judging it too early. gave, Gave their money, perhaps just old people. But how about the critics? Why don't you give us the tomatoes? Somehow, this movie is 72% fresh from critics. <sighs> they, they seem to really like it. And the audience score is 87%. I don't know what's going on. I don't either. The, the critics' consensus is, quote, It may not win writer-director Guy Ritchie many new converts, but for those already attuned to the filmmaker's brash wavelength, the gentleman stands tall. I feel like that is the opposite. I feel like if you went into this movie expecting to see like a cool Guy Ritchie movie, you were like, that sucks. Maybe that's why the old people like it. You saw like a toned down elderly drinking insure version. (laughs) It wasn't violent enough. It wasn't Mm -hmm. funny enough. The characters Mm -hmm. were not wild enough. It was just, it was like watching Guy Ritchie light. It was like watching the Splenda of Guy Ritchie. It was like Stevia Guy Ritchie. We still don't know what that stuff will do to you. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) all right so a lot of people work on a movie we know that so we're going to give them their due because out of respect for the filmmaking process what is something that you liked about this movie just one thing that stood out for you mustachio go oh god hugh grant with his like cheeky cockney chili palmer thing going i I like the way that he like kind of was trying to sell him on a movie but also blackmail him at the same time and also try to have sex with him (laughs) and have sex with him yeah Yeah. like straight up okay so lady one what is one thing you really liked about the gentleman uh the outfits that colin farrell's crew wore outfits i would like to get one of those i think i could rock that that, like tracksuit thing those are sweet outfits i like that they were coordinated but not matching (laughs) coordinated but not matching made them super cool yeah you don't want to match with your friends but you do want to have like a cohesive look anybody want to know what i liked about jc what did you like about this movie editor's note we have removed approximately eight and a half minutes of jc complaining about this movie now back to the show it was boring (laughs) 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 and i just completely dogged this movie when i was supposed to say what i liked about it (laughs) i liked that it was not more than two hours long. So before we fix this, let me just go over quick plot summary, quick and dirty. Try to do this as fast as possible. We know that we don't like to, to dwell in here, but I think we need to go over the plot here because I have no fucking idea. Because I what don't know what happened. Movie. I still don't. After the movie, I think we asked everyone that went to the movie, and everyone had a different idea of what this movie was actually about. <laughs> Nobody knew what the hell this movie was about. So, Big Dave, editor of the Daily Print Tabloid, is snubbed by cannabis baron Mickey Pearson at a party and hires a private investigator, Fletcher, to investigate Pearson's links to Lord Pressfield, a minor royal with a heroin-addicted daughter. Fletcher offers to sell his findings, typed up as a screenplay, to Pearson's right-hand man, Raymond, for 20 million pounds. Already, what the fuck? Like, what is this movie about? There's already uh. too much going on and too many people. So anyway, Pearson... 
was a Rhodes Scholar to Oxford University. He's an American guy. That's Matthew McConaughey's character. But he starts selling marijuana instead. He drops out and builds his weed empire. Now he wants to sell it so he can retire with his wife, Rosalind. So he decides to sell it to this American billionaire, Matthew Berger, for $400 million. But then also Pearson gets approached by this dude, Dry Eye, who is Henry Golding. And he's uh, like uh, an underling for this larger Chinese gangster named Lord George. Dry Eye offers to buy out Pearson's business, but Pearson is like, uh, heck no, get out of here, I'll kill you. Then Pearson's lab is raided by some YouTube amateur fighting guys. And they have cool outfits. And they have cool matching outfits, and uh, yeah. that's my own interpretation. Let's kind of continue back on track here with what the description says, because <laughs> I'm already getting lost in my own description. Here we go. Pearson begins transferring his cannabis growing out of the estates. He also agrees to bring home Pressfield's wayward daughter, Laura. Raymond retrieves Laura. However, in a brawl with her roommates, one of Raymond's men accidentally throws Aslan, a young Russian man, out of the window to his death. Laura later dies of a heroin overdose. Coach visits Raymond, apologizes for his student's actions, and offers his services as penance. Coach has captured Fuck, a henchman of dry eyes, who had informed Coach's crew about the lab location. Although Fuck is killed during a botched escape attempt, Pearson threatens Lord George for going after his lab and destroys one of his heroin labs in retaliation. George chastises Dry Eye for his insubordination in attacking Pearson and offering to buy him out. George nods to a henchman to execute Dry Eye, but the man executes George instead. Like, it was already complicated enough in that first paragraph. Now we're mm -hmm. throwing in random Russian roommates. It, like, I mm -hmm. actually forgot about that whole thing already. They they could have cut out half the people, and the movie would have been the same movie, almost. It's just crazy. All right, here we go. Unknown to Pearson, Dry Eye is in league with Berger, who had wanted Pearson's business disrupted to reduce the price. There's the plot. Dry Eye has taken Lord George's place and still hopes to take Pearson's empire for himself. Dry Eye tries to kidnap Rosalind, who kills Dry Eye's men before she runs out of bullets in her two-shot Derringer. Another th scene I thought was supposed to be really badass, but was just like, whatever. Raymond kills an assassin mm -hmm. sent to kill Pearson. The two rush Rosalind, and Pearson kills Dry Eye as he is about to rape her. Fletcher ends his story, and Raymond orders him to leave his house. Fletcher has merely confirmed Pearson's suspicions about the link between Dry Eye and Berger. Raymond orders Coach's students to capture Big Dave. They drug him and film him having sex with a pig. Now, I don't even know Big Dave's connection to any of this stuff. Like, I did not understand Dave. I didn't understand <laughs> Big Dave at all. I'm like, who is this guy? Why are we doing the pig stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, there's... First of all, a, a high-profile person fucking a pig <laughs> is literally episode one of Black Mirror ever. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do something? Why would you recreate something that famous that just came out a couple of years ago? I don't understand that. Anyway. Old people haven't watched Black Mirror. Sorry. No. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, we grew up different when we were young. We grew up on farms. Sometimes it was weeks. Weeks at a time before you saw a neighbor... Or another face that didn't belong to someone in your family. And when you go that long, sometimes a nice pink rump gets your mind thinking differently. How different are we, species to species? Seems to me not so different at all. <laughs> That's deep. I don't need to get into the sort of details. I think you understand where I'm coming from. You may now return to your movies. <laughs> 
Pearson and Berger meet up again in a frozen fish plant, actually a cover for Pearson's European distribution operation. Berger drops his offer to $130 million, but Pearson reveals his knowledge of Berger's plan, shows him dry as frozen body, and tells him he's keeping his business. Pearson forces Berger inside a refrigerator where he will freeze to death unless he transfers $270 million of compensation and, for the assault on Rosalind, cuts a pound of flesh from his own body. Fletcher approaches Raymond again for his payment, but Raymond reveals that he was tailing Fletcher all along. The Bockers have stolen his stashes of evidence after Raymond placed a tracker on him during their last encounter. Fletcher reveals that he has sold info to Aslan's father, a Russian oligarch and former KGB agent. The assassin that Raymond killed earlier was one of the Russians. Coach kills two Russian hitmen sent to kill Raymond while Fletcher escapes in the chaos. And chaos is how I can describe all of the end of this movie. I was following you. No, I was following Mm -hmm. you. No, I was... Looking at you, no, I was looking at you. No, I know what's going on. No, I know what's going on. You thought you knew what was going on, but I really know what's going on. No, 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 you thought you knew that I thought you knew what was going on, but I I know that, that you thought that I was that. Damn, did, were you a writer on this? Pearson is kidnapped by two other Russians, and they are quickly ambushed by Coach's students who want to solve Coach's problem. They assault the car with bullets, killing the Russians and allowing Pearson to escape. Later, Fletcher decides to pitch the story as a film to Miramax. After his meeting, he gets into a cab, only to realize that Raymond is the driver. Upon learning of Fletcher's capture, Pearson and Rosalind return to their cannabis empire and celebrate in each other's company. Aww. Who cares? Okay, so that's kind of the plot. So without further ado, uh, what do you say we fix this movie? What do you think, everybody? Somebody has to. It needs fixing. Yeah. The plot begins to thicken. Lady One, why don't you give us your first fix? So I know this movie is called The Gentleman. And I know that Guy Ritchie loves to do movies about a bunch of guys being gangsters. But didn't he learn anything when he directed Aladdin? That came out last year. Yeah. Princess Jasmine had aspirations. Girls want to do things too. No. Why couldn't anyone in that damn YouTube kickboxing gang have been a girl? Like, mm-hmm. we have Michelle Dockery, and then we have Cheekbones, who's on heroin. That's it. Cheekbones. <laughs> That's the only thing I notice about she looked that like person. a boxer. Like, come on, just like throw some throw some girls in the background. I just. Anything to differentiate looking at a bunch of white guys and Henry Golding. Not very woke guy, Richie. Yeah, I mean, Dockery got her moment kind of, but not really, because at the end she was about to get raped. Yeah. Not even our, like, one female character escapes Mm -hmm. needing rescue. Yeah, we have two women in this movie. We have a wife, and then we have a drug addict. (laughs) Those are the only women. Like, the extras were... That the wife, Rosalind, had like an all-female like mechanics crew in her garage. Th- those characters had no lines, no nothing. You missed that one, huh, Lady One? It's a little more woke than you thought, huh? No, it's not. If they don't have lines. They, yeah, they don't, they don't have any no. lines. No lines, no counts. I thought there was definitely room for a few female characters. I mean, come on, Guy Ritchie. Like, are we still just going to make this dude bro fest? What do you think about that, Mustachio? I mean, historically, like with his gangster movies, they have no female representation whatsoever. So, it, yes, it would be great if, if like he's up with the times and and his script reflects that too. I thought we were going to get that with Rosalind's, you know, Cockney-sounding badass wife character because Matthew McConaughey's, you know, kind of asking her what she thinks, and you know, they seem kind of partner-esque, mm-hmm. but like it still led to the damsel in distress bullshit yep. and. 
It still just had no, yeah, no female representation Ready? So whatsoever. So, better yeah. outcome. Matthew McConaughey in a surprise twist gets killed, and it's Dockery that finishes the fucking job. Hell mm-hmm. yes. Being more ruthless than Matthew McConaughey ever was. Hell to the yeah. Damn, that's like, my fixes are shit compared to that. That's actually a really good, <laughs> really good fix. Oh, I love me. <laughs> I love me a, I love me a badass bitch. I thought you were saying I love me. <laughs> and I was just like, no, oh, come on. <laughs> he segued. He segued. Yeah, the way that I just, I started a fix and you're like, you know what? I made it better. Here it is. I love me. Yeah, we know. <laughs> the plot begins to thicken. All right. I love everyone. And especially you, Mustachio. Why don't you give us your Screen Fix original fix? Yeah, Cheekbones. I like that. I, I, I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm totally stealing that. I felt like Cheekbones' death uh, wasn't very dramatic. Mm. She just kind of dies on the couch, right? She died out like in the estate, like out on the oh, grass. Right. She did some heroin when she got back home with the parents, and and she falls out d- dead. And we see that inner cut with him telling Lord George that he doesn't like that he sells heroin, and that he like poisons his tea, and he like projectile vomits. Yeah. Like so, we see him basically hashing it out that he hates the lion, hates heroin. And then we're supposed to care that she's dying of it. I would have fixed that as in if he's had like a, you know, a 20 year run at building this empire, I would have had him be like, say, her godfather. So the Pressfields is his most, you know, lucrative estate. And the friend, the father of Cheekbones would have, (laughs) I would have made him like the longtime friend and his counterpart without the crime. So basically, I would have had given him a relationship with Cheekbones, and he yeah. actually would have given a damn about her death, and yes. that would have been the reason that he went to King George is because she overdosed on heroin, and now his big tiff with that drug is being... It's personal. That would have been darker, better. Uh, we would have given a shit about Cheekbones. We would mm-hmm. have given a shit why he's actually flipping out on, you know, a, like a fellow kingpin. This movie needs way more reasons to care about the characters. And that that's that's an awesome Yeah, one. I love that. Thank you. The plot begins to thicken. JC, what is your first fix? I like your breathy tones. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I just have to say one thing that I just think is an overall fix for any Guy Ritchie movie, which is where the hell is Jason Statham? (laughs) (laughs) We have to wonder, you know, chicken and egg here. Did Guy Ritchie make Jason Statham or did Jason Statham make Guy Ritchie? Huh? Chicken and the egg pubes. So anyway, that's just I just want to say that that's my overarching fix for the whole thing. But I'm but I'm going to be more mm-hmm. specific here. So I didn't think this movie was uh, shocking enough because I didn't think like McConaughey was very shocking at all. And I think something that could have been really shocking and really good would have been for Hugh Grant to play extremely against type. So I wanted the most violent person in this entire movie to be Hugh Grant. I wanted to see an absolutely ruthless Hugh Grant. I wanted it to be shocking that Hugh Grant was playing against type so hardcore. Would have put a little hot sauce on it. 
give it some chaos. Yeah, give a little bit. Of, yeah, yeah, some some brutality. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's and it was missing a lot of that with its um, action. And yeah, that's good. That, that actually would have made a lot more sense when when he's telling Charlie Hunnam's character play a game with me, like and he's being intense. You know, and then you find out later that Charlie Hunnam's like a killer, you know, badass, and that he wouldn't be intimidated by some, I don't know, news reporter in his house. But if that guy was a psychopath, and he knows it, he actually, yeah, uh, that's, I like that, JC. The plot begins to thicken. Lady Wan, why don't you give us your second fix? Okay, so this fix is going to sound kind of silly, but I need Mickey to be likable. Like, I know that Guy Ritchie's movies aren't, like, known for having, like, a true good guy, but I felt like the movie wanted me to be rooting for Mickey over Dry Eye, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know why other than the movie was like, yeah, yeah, he's the good guy and that's the bad guy. I felt like that moment where Dry Eye is just all of a sudden about to rape Mickey's wife was, like, the movie going, yeah, 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 we just need you to know that he's definitely evil. It felt over the top and out of nowhere. And I feel like it was a pretty lazy attempt at establishing who we're rooting for. So in general, I just want Mickey to be more likable. Like he talks about how he deals a nicer drug and like other drug dealers are killers and ruining lives. And like he doesn't do that. But couldn't there be more to his character? Like can't he have like long-term loyal employees? He like helps people out. I like what you said, Mustachio, with your fix that he's helping cheekbones because he cares about her. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get her clean because of that, not because it's like a deal to get this done. I feel like that fix plays into this exactly. Can't we have a character that's a drug dealer with a heart of gold? Like a nice, polite American whose friendliness is throwing all these British people off the whole time. Just make him like the nicest guy in the world. And then I actually care what happens to him. That actually would be scarier if he was really happy and and nice and tells the investor guy in a very nice happy way by the way cut off some of your flesh you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it'd be so much scarier if he had been like so nice the whole it'd time it'd be so much scarier if you very politely asked him to cut some flesh off of himself <laughs> the plot begins to thicken mustachio why don't you lay on us your second fit so my, my other fix would be um, remembering back to Lockstock when you go down into like their, you know, weed farm. They've got an entrance that basically has like a locked, you know, kind of jail cell-esque entrance and exit. Like you cannot get in or get out unless like you a have a Like a jewelry store. Yeah, like a jewelry store. I thought that was awesome back when, and it should have had something like that now. Because if you've actually got like you know an underground operation that you don't want other thugs getting into and stealing all your you know weed, then you better have like a good security system. Unfortunately, you get like these dudes that don't carry guns, <laughs> and they're the only thing that's protecting the farm which is dumb. So I would have changed that. I would have had something a little bit more like when you come in, you still have the same room where you can view in everything, but it's like a, like a locked out point. There's no getting in. And I would have given all those goons guns. My fix would be that when the kickboxing crew comes in and you get that kind of funny, like, like they're about to steal everything, and then you actually think like, oh, these goons might have them. I would have had all the goons put their guns aside confidently to fight these young people that just came in. 
and then they get their ass kicked and you get the same viral video. Mm-hmm. I would have kept that. <laughs> um, but it would have been a little bit more believable that goons have guns, they protect the weed farm, and it's not some kind of operation that you can just walk into easily and steal everything. That's true. It was a little silly that they were like, we're just going to walk into this hole. Look at all this weed. <laughs> the only protection is the fact that you have to move aside that like thing in the shed. Like you figured you would move the thing in the shed, go downstairs. There's a second thing that would make you think, okay, there's nothing down here. But no, it's just like immediately there's miles of weed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like make it like crazy where you got to go in into the stable, go downstairs. There's like a painting of a horse on the wall and you have to go up and like push on the horse's dong. Then a door opens, <laughs> and then you go downstairs. The horse dong entrance push? Is that what, is that what, you're, is that what you're pushing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Are you describing a future home of yours or something? I'm basically describing my next panic room. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I gotta push the horse's dong. Push the horse's <laughs> dong and get inside. The plot begins to thicken. JC, what's your second fix? For the gentleman. You know, my first one had to do with Hugh Grant and whatever. It was real simple. This one. I'm going to change this whole movie. This is what I think. There's too much going on. It's not exciting. I don't care about bringing down the price of the weed. I don't care about Matthew McConaughey's Mickey. I don't know why our main two people telling the story are boring Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant. Basically our narrators. I don't. Boring. Terrible. This is what I'm going to do. This movie should center entirely around the YouTube gang. They were the most interesting part of the movie. Best dressed. I loved the YouTube boxing gang and Colin Farrell. Okay, so let's take our best characters and let's make the movie center around them. So here we go. The YouTube gang gets hired to do a job by somebody. They're not really sure who it is, but they're getting paid. They are hired to do the job where they do go into the weed place and they find the weed place and they fight people. But it's about the boxing gang unknowingly getting pulled into events that are over their heads. Like all those other things can be going on, but the movie unfolds with this YouTube gang in over their heads, in a bunch of trouble, not really knowing the kind of trouble they're in, and Colin Farrell's character trying to help them get out of it. But in the end, you find out that it was Colin Farrell's character that really was in control of everything the whole time. Yes, but I wanted the movie told to center around that YouTube boxing crew. Damn, you just got rid of all the old people catnip. I did. did. (laughs) So I thought that that would have been a much more interesting perspective for this movie. This is a way to punch up this movie in one fail swoop. Almost the same movie, just a different perspective. Would have changed the entire thing and made it better. Damn, that's good shit. Love it. Thanks, people. I love me some me. (laughs) (laughs) God. I love me some me. (laughs) Ridiculous. All right, anyway, so without further ado, I think we should consider the gentleman. Scream. Rubbish. Lady One, do you have a final thought on the gentleman? This part of my notes is literally blank because I couldn't think of anything that wasn't just more complaining. Yeah, that's cool too. (laughs) (laughs) I've got, I've got something. Um, 
my girlfriend, uh, who wants to go by either Greybird <laughs> or Roll Tide, she she had a fix for it where oh. Rosalind's character she wanted to see her in that scene with Dry Eye after shooting the two. You know, people with the Derringer, she wanted to have her reloading the gun immediately, knowing that she, you know, is going to have to, you know, keep, like, like to fight Dry Eye. So it seemed, like, Mm -hmm. to her kind of implausible that she would just, like, just stand there and, you know, take it. Because she she wanted to see her character be more badass in that sense of, like, if she just kept two people, she's ready to keep doing it. Yeah, she should be more capable than that. Yeah. She's not new to this life. Yeah. She also said that, like, it, like with Mickey's character, it was kind of nice to have uh, a drug dealer who wasn't really a womanizer and a cheat to kind of have, like, someone who's more engaging with his partner. He was. He was very nice to his wife. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a good husband. Yeah. Probably tells her she looks nice that day. Probably says, did you get your hair cut? It looks great. He's he's that kind of drug dealer. Husband. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. People don't realize how far that stuff goes. Probably remembers anniversaries. Probably says, eat some more steak. You're too skinny. Meanwhile, you know, she's probably a little bit big, but he'll never tell her that. <laughs> JC, did you have did you have any final thoughts on this oh film? Oh, my God. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see how prominent of a role that uh, Miramax plays. Hugh Grant's character pitched the movie to Miramax. And it was then that I noticed that this was actually, this is a Miramax movie. And I found it interesting that they would be so uh, outward about the fact that it was a Miramax film. Because I feel like Miramax itself right now is still kind of under that Weinstein shadow. And I wonder if that was a calculated decision to be like, no, Miramax is still a viable film company. You know, of course, in the movie, Miramax is buying a gangster's screenplay. But... (laughs) So I don't know uh, what they're really doing with that. But I just thought that was an interesting thing to uh, think about. Yeah, I do forget that they still make movies. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what they were saying with this was like, guess what? We still make movies. Yeah, (laughs) that was it. In fact, the movie you're watching is made by us. Lady One, do you got a final thought? No. All right. Why don't you send us home? (laughs) (laughs) You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at screenfixpod and on Facebook, just search for Screenfix Podcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating, uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account, a Patreon where you can donate to the show if you're liking what you're what you're hearing, what you're experiencing. Are you experiencing? If it? we're enriching, if we're guy ri- enriching your lives. Uh, with our no. with our movie with our movie stuff here, uh, yeah. Why don't you you know help us out? You know, stop using that voice. Why are you playing with the top of your head? Why? Yeah, with my you're egg like pubes. Feeling yourself right yeah, now. <laughs> you're like yeah. yeah, just like you were like egg, yeah. you know if you're, you're if you're into this, like right now. Yeah, I'm into this. into this. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Maybe one of my one of our tears could be some some JC ASMR. Get you in a single screen theater with me. (laughs) Hey, let's watch movies. I'll go turn on the projector. Let's pop some popcorn and eat the popcorn together. Pop, 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 pop.
All right, so let's leave everybody with in your best McConaughey. Oh, I know you got this, Mustachio. Go. There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion is hungry, he eats. What the? <laughs> Who uh, was that? Was that Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> that, that, oh, that wasn't was McConaughey. That? Okay, well, that Shit. works. All right, here. Who I'm going to go ahead and do mine. Here we go. There was once a young and foolish dragon who came to ask a wise and cunning lion about acquiring his territory. <laughs> How was that? Was it okay? <laughs> better than mine. Right. That's actually pretty anyway, good. there's our McConaughey. Uh, I feel right. like you nailed it on uh, territory. Lady, one, this one. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, it'd be a lot cooler like, if you did. <laughs> all right. There's our McConaughey. <laughs> All right, so next time, tune in. We'll do another movie, of course. We're always doing them. Hope you enjoyed. Maybe our next one will be... Birds uh, of Prey. Who knows? What's kind of Birds of Prey. Something. Something. We'll do something. All right, and thank you, Mustachio, yeah. for coming mm. out and playing with us again. Bye. Yeah, I want to do this yeah, again. Yeah, we love it. All right, everybody. Bye, everybody. like a hard-boiled egg rolled across a floor in a bathroom <laughs> and, cl- and collected assorted <laughs> dirt and pubes. All at the top. <laughs> and maybe some gray pubes down below. Like, 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 I'm talking about the beard. No, some of mine are gray down there, too. Starting to get a little, little skunk trail. Start, starting to look like Bride of Frankenstein down there a little bit. <laughs>